She is a London-based writer, travel filmmaker, and digital marketing consultant. Her debut book, Hashtag Passport Ready, The Ultimate Guide to Solo Female Travel, was released on September 1st and is currently an Amazon bestseller, ranking top 10 in the solo travel and budget travel categories. After four years of solo travel, she wanted to inspire other women to do the same, safely and on a budget. She returned from Thailand and Cambodia in February, just before most of the world went into lockdown and used the time to write her first book. Firecrackers, please welcome Anne. Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. So Anne, you and I, we share the same love for traveling. And it's been so hard for me during this pandemic. And I want to ask you, are you missing it as much (laughs) as I think you are? Um, I am missing it, absolutely. But I do think that I needed this break to be able to reflect. You know, I was lucky enough to go away at the very beginning of this year went to Thailand and Cambodia um, for four weeks or spent three of those weeks in Thailand and um, one of those weeks in, in Cambodia. So I was actually lucky enough to experience like a really long trip at the beginning of the year. So I can't really complain and, and say that I've been, you know, missing an action in terms of travel this year. Um, but it has been very useful for me to just stop and reflect and to be able to actually work on other things and, and focus on um, more of my entrepreneurial um, act- activities. So I'm, I'm, even though it's for all the wrong reasons, um, I am grateful for this break from traveling. Yeah, I completely understand that. For me, it's been more about uh, being able to save money <laughs> to make like longer trips <laughs> for later yeah. on. But it, I know I miss it. I, mean, I miss that bug a lot. Like I just, um, just being at home all the time has been a little bit nerve wracking. Um, but anyway, let's, you know, focusing on your travels, you have been as so, so you're a female solo traveler. That's what you define yourself as mm-hmm. for how long now? Since March of 2016. Mm-hmm. So 2015, I stumbled across some solo female travel blogs. I think one of the first ones I came across was Adventurous Kate. She's quite well known in the solo female travel blogging community. And I just devoured her blog. I read every single post. And then it was kind of through her that I started discovering other solo female travelers. And it was kind of like going down a rabbit hole. Like, what is this? Why aren't I doing this? What, what am I doing with my <laughs> life? And um, <laughs> I guess I just got bitten by, by the wanderlust bug and over the next few months started reading more about solo female travel and budget travel and it was just like entering this whole new world and it's not that I've um, never liked the idea of travel I I always have it's just the idea of solo travel just never came to me for some reason because I I guess you just assume that you know you travel with your family you travel with your friends so the idea of traveling as a solo woman before I stumbled across this community it just never came to me and when it did and once I'd um, caught the wanderlust bug I just knew I had to do it 
So after kind of building up the confidence, I decided to book my first trip and that was to Budapest and Hungary. And I spent three days in Budapest, Hungary, and it just changed everything for me. And I just knew that there was no going back. I wanted to do more solo travel. And for anyone looking to do their first trip, actually, um, in, in Europe, if you're a solo female traveller, I would definitely recommend Budapest. Beautiful city, half the crowds and half the cost of some of the more popular destinations like uh, Rome and, and Paris. And um, very safe city and just so much on offer, food, culture history and um, just so much on offer and that was kind of like my first trip and then from there it, just, it was just like one place after the other still very much staying um, within Europe I went to Copenhagen Berlin um Rome um where else did I go um, Barcelona oh my god actually for my birthday I went to Barcelona by myself <laughs> that's awesome and um <laughs> yeah I, that's, that's a great thing and, and what I want to say to everyone like um solo doesn't mean being alone and I actually made an amazing group of friends and actually had a whole birthday with a bunch of people I didn't even know and just made me feel so amazing for my birthday even though they didn't know me and actually two of the girls that I met in Barcelona I'm still friends with those girls to this day um so uh, after kind of exploring Europe for a bit then I got a little bit more brave and I went to hashtag Bali where pretty much everybody goes right yeah well everybody <laughs> um, in Europe but not on this side of the world but yes <laughs> uh, I went to Bali and I actually did well the first place I went in Bali was an island called Nusa Lambongan mm-hmm. and that's where I did my paddy open water course I really wanted to try scuba diving and that was amazing um I'd seen so many videos of people scuba diving but actually being in the water you don't realize how colorful the reefs are because a lot of the color gets lost on video everything kind of just looks very blue yeah um that just like took my breath away I couldn't believe just how colorful the reefs were I saw turtles um and then after Nisa Lombongan I went to Ubud and just had a really nice week um Ubud is a lot more laid back there's a lot of like yoga vegan eating cleansing it's that type of vibe I would love to go to Bali I think you know For me, Asia, I haven't actually been there yet. I need to like go a little bit further east than I've been. But Bali is really up on my list as well as Thailand and Cambodia that you mentioned, um, mentioned, you know, uh, five minutes ago. And I think that the thing about Thailand and Cambodia that I've heard is that it's very safe for female solo travelers. Yes, it is. It is. And it's, it's just in general, it's very backpacker friendly. Um, you can get around very easily. There's always someone there ready to take you wherever you want to go. Just very easy to navigate. It's affordable. So it's very cheap. Um, having said that, though, actually, when I <laughs> two years ago when I started planning my trip to Thailand, the exchange rate was actually um, half of what it is now. It actually doubled in in, in the two years that I uh, was planning my trip. So that was a bit of a shock. But in wow. general, it is it is very cheap still. Yeah. That's, that's what I've heard. But I mean, it really caught my attention because there's so many places that I want to go to. And I also like traveling by myself most of the time. I do travel sometimes with other people, but there are some places that aren't very safe for women. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. let's get back to like the positive thing. I want to know what is the thing that you learned about yourself when you started doing your solo female travels? 
What did I learn about myself? Um, that I'm actually a lot more confident than I thought I was. Um, I, I never thought that I could actually travel alone. And but like I said, you, you very quickly realise that you're not alone, especially in, in areas that are that are very backpacker friendly like Thailand. And there's so many other people who are in the same boat as well, so many other solo female travellers. Um, I think it also well, my most recent trip, I think, was definitely the trip that changed a lot for me. And it made me reflect a lot on where I want to go forward with my life. I came back to the office and I, I think I had already been thinking about leaving my previous job for a while. I was quite unhappy. But when I came back, it was like the rose tinted glasses were off and I couldn't ignore certain things anymore. And I'd actually started to apply for other jobs. But then obviously Corona happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I ended up staying um, and, until about June. Um, but it did. I, I would say overall what Solo Travel has, has done for me, not just this year, but in general, it's always made me reflect on a certain aspect of my life and just look at... Um, I guess compartmentalize every part of my life and just say you know am I happy with this is this where I I really want to go is this making me happy what is this doing for me you know very important questions about anything that we choose in life I think anything or anyone around us also absolutely no I mean yes that is so true and, and so you are inspired by all of these travels and you actually have a book that is about to publish yes Yes, called Hashtag Passport Ready, The Ultimate Guide to Solo Female Travel. And it comes out on September 1st. And I was very fortunate to have Eva Zubek, um, who's an amazing solo female traveller, write the foreword for that. And um, 25 other solo female travellers also contributed to the book. And Eva, I think, is really an example of someone who's pushing the boundaries of, of solo female travel. She goes to places that a lot of people don't go. Um, she's gone horseback riding through the, the wilds of Mongolia. She's been to Syria. She actually today finished a, uh, a, a bicycle route all the way through through Poland. Um, I think it was almost like 900 kilometers or something. She, she wow. literally just today, yeah. And she's, I think it took her like 10 days. Just just amazing. So I'm, I'm really honored to have her have her write the forward for this book and to have all of the amazing women who have contributed their voices to the book because I think it, it really took the book from being just a travel guide to being about finding your most authentic self mm-hmm. and their stories just breathed a, a whole new sense of life into the book that I don't think would have been there if it was just a standard travel guide with, with loads of res- resources and how-tos. That's really interesting. So what you're saying is that there is, of course, resources for travelers, especially, you know, female or women who want to travel by themselves. But at the same yeah. time, it also reflects from all these women, including yourself, a whole yeah. different level of learning how to find yourself within yeah. you know, this activity of traveling. Yeah, yeah. That's very powerful, Anne. And who, who are the women that, you're, um, that would love this book? I, I would hope all women um, would, would like this book and would find it useful. Um, ha- having said that, I, I think obviously being a millennial myself, I think that's very much kind of where the book was written from and, and the whole idea of, of adding the hashtag and the internet kind of being the place that we have these conversations. 
Um, but I really do think it's for everyone and, and anyone, um, even the women featured. I've got people from different, you know, women from different walks of life, um, different ages, different life experiences. So um, hopefully everyone can kind of see themselves reflected in this book. And so you're selling it on Amazon. Where can people find it? You'll be able to find it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, Google Bookstore, Apple, uh, pretty much pretty much everywhere that you can um, get a book and it'll be available on both ebook and print. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. And because today, August 23rd, we're eight days away from the your book being launched, nine days away. Yeah. But when this yeah. episode airs, it would have been launched already. So whoever's <laughs> listening to this episode, the book is already out. If you're interested in, in reading how to, uh, how to female solo travel, but at the same time, also get all these insights from these amazing women who have done this for, for as long as Anne or even longer. Longer, yeah. yeah. That's, and what would you say is the place that you would go over and over and over again up until now? You know, I, I really did fall in love with Thailand. Um, I feel almost this weird protection over it as a, I don't know if that's the right word to, to use but you know when you just kind of feel so attached to the place you yeah. almost feel like you're from there yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah I definitely go back to Thailand uh, more I want to explore more of the north um because I I really did enjoy the north a, a lot I think it has a much more slower pace than Bangkok and the islands and there's just there's so much that I didn't get to see um, in, in Thailand so I, I can definitely see myself going back there again and again and back to Indonesia as well I'd like to do a little bit more of, of the west um, kind of uh, Java Yogyakarta and also the uh, further um, along the east towards the eastern islands to see like Lombok mm-hmm. as well. And what's next on your on your list of destinations after this whole ordeal of the corona thing goes away? I mean, I guess wherever I'm allowed to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Wherever, wherever will have me. <laughs> um, I have actually been to uh, Portugal. I went to Lisbon, uh-huh. but I would like to to see a little bit more of, of Portugal. Um, I'd like to see the Algarve. And um, Portugal, actually, we were, we were opened back up to Portugal only two days ago. So yeah, I'd I'd actually like to go straight back to Portugal. And and have you been on this side of the Atlantic? Oh, to the States. Or, to the States or, or South America, um, Central America? I've, I've been to the States. I've been to New York and also Florida. I did the whole Disneyland thing with the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to do more South America and, and Central America as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd love to do, to do more of that side as well. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. So, Anne, you are, your background is from an African country. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us a little bit about what your story is? Yeah, so I was born in uh, Lusaka, Zambia. Zambia is is in kind of southern central Africa. Um, I moved to the United Kingdom when I was two years old, um, but there is a very big Zambian community here, so I've never really been too far away from my roots, and I was still very much, um, I feel raised with my uh, cultural values 
you know, we ate food at home. I went to cultural events. Um, we still very much observe um, so certain cultural ceremonies. So I had um, what's called a shionboka, which is a ceremony for a girl when she comes of age. Um, I've attended many, many kitchen parties, which is um, kind of like our version of the hen party. So I've always been very much surrounded by um, my, my culture and, and my community. And how would you describe that your community is regarding, you know, traditional values? Is it really traditional or is it more forward thinking? It, it is uh, generally still quite traditional, um, but I, I do think people have um, moved moved on a bit and, and have modernized a bit you know they do very much value education for their children even for the girls um you know you are still obviously expected to work and and, and all of that but it's just it's, it's just certain things that you you know once you get to a certain age people start asking you about marriage and and children and and things like that um so i would say generally yes people are are very modern thinking but there's still always that um kind of blanket of, of the culture that you know there's certain things that are expected of you yeah so the reason I ask is because you're child free mm -hmm. and I know that being child free in certain cultures is a lot more taboo than in others yeah um, so how how has your journey been regarding your child freedom you know to be honest it's not actually a conversation that i've really had with many people in my community just because i know that it would just bring on such a flurry of questions and you know how can how can you say that how can you say you don't want children because it's it's just a given like you don't even argue you know and you know every baby is a blessing that this kind of um, phrase that you hear a lot from your aunties and so it's not really a conversation that I've really had with anyone other than my mother. I have mentioned it to her. And I think she's just kind of convinced that it's a bit of a phase. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get over it, then. <laughs> yeah, I'll get over it and like meet some handsome man and um, suddenly have the urge to pop out a few. And, you know, I, I have to say, actually, and this is something that I've come to realize about myself, and that it's not actually that I. I don't want to have children. I actually, I, I actually do like the idea of having children. Like I can see my little girl and I know that I would have a little girl because I don't think a, a boy could handle this womb. Um, <laughs> her running around in her little African kente. But what I've come to realise after a lot of deep thought and reflection is that for numerous reasons, it's just not something that would, be best for me and I often wonder what what our world would be like if more people kind of stopped and thought about you know just because I can and I want to doesn't mean that I should absolutely and and that's kind of what it is for me um, I've done a lot of self-reflection and realized that I just don't think that this is something I should do even if to some degree it is something that I would want. And yeah. I think a lot of people just, they don't understand that. That's very interesting. It's a really interesting perspective because, um, you know, I've, I've come across most women, most childhood women that I've spoken to, they just know it's like, I don't really want to, for whatever reasons, every reason is valid. Mm -hmm. But having the 
you know, the level of consciousness of saying, you know what, maybe I would like to, but I'm not going to because it's not the best thing for me. I find that extremely commendable for one side. And also like, it's really interesting because I don't think a lot of people do that inner work of self-reflection. And could you share maybe a couple of, or one or two of the reasons why you think this is not definitely not for you? I just think that um, to be a parent, you really just have to be so incredibly selfless. And, you know, my, my, I look at my mother and I, I know that if my mother had to walk a hundred days and a hundred nights to find me, if I ever went missing, she would do that. Just the level of selflessness and, and love of, of that woman and what she's sacrificed for me and my siblings, um, I just, you know, I, uh, it's, it's just that, that, that deep love, um, that I just, I just don't know if I'm, if I'm capable of that. And I know that everybody says, oh, but it's different when it's your own. Um, but it's, it's just, it's a very, very heavy burden, I think, to be able to take on. And I'm, I'm so grateful for my mother, for everything um, she's done for us. But I've, I've really seen through her um, what unconditional love really looks like. And I'm so grateful for that. I just don't know if I'm capable of that. Um, and also I think just in terms of the way I want to structure my life and certain things that I want to do to be able to travel. Not that you can't travel without children, but it, uh, um, there's, there's extra things that you have to think about, you know, when you're traveling um, with children. And just in terms of how I envision my life playing out, I just can't see where I would fit children into that. Yeah, it certainly makes it more difficult. I mean, I think the logistics of it are a lot more difficult. And yeah. also the costs, because I mean, when you're traveling, traveling oh, yeah. it's a lot more expensive. Um, I understand that, but you know, it's funny, not funny, but it's just, it just kind of like, it's interesting how you say, you know, my mom has been, uh, has done so much for me and I know her love is unconditional. And I, when you when you say that, those are the traits that one would think every mother should have, you know, regarding their children. But unfortunately, it's not the case. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're okay, fortunate. I'm for. I'm very fortunate. My mom's the same. But some mothers, I mean, some women have kids, and they just, they just completely, they don't care. They really, literally, don't care about their well-being. No, they don't. And those people then go on to have children, still wounded from yeah. the way that they were treated by their parents. Yep. Yeah. They just perpetuates that cycle yes it's a sad reality do you know um, I'll, I'll tell you a little, little story actually just quickly i i had a, a work colleague um who i used to work with and i'll never i'll never forget one day her mother rang her and um she got off the phone i said oh um oh what did your mother ring you for and she was like oh you know she thinks that we should go get these um facials um, these like youth facials and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking you're 25 years old what is your mother doing ringing you um, to go get a youth facial 
And as I got to know my colleague, I realized that she had a lot of self-esteem issues, um, a lot of uh, uh, kind of personal issues to do with kind of her weight and anorexia and, and kind of body image issues. And I could see that had very much come from her mother. And I just felt so bad for her because, you know, my mother would just like randomly text me and be like, oh, have a lovely day, dear. I hope you're doing okay, dear. And just to, just to see this other person who's just got this, this mom who has literally like fed some very destructive behaviours and a very destructive mindset in her. Um, yeah, it, it just shows that for, for some people, they just don't have that unconditional love. Yeah. And, you know, it is, I've said this before as well, I think that childhood people in general give more thought to their choice than most parents do to their choice yeah. of becoming parents. Because exactly. it is such a given, like you said, it's like in most cultures, they just expect yeah. you to pop out babies. <laughs> like you're a woman, you have a womb, but you have to get pregnant and you have to have babies. That's like the normal thing to do. Um, yeah. And then disrupting that in many cultures that are a lot more traditional, like, you know, African yeah. cultures or Latin American cultures or even Asian cultures, um, mm. it's a little bit more taboo than maybe it is in some of the first world countries, even though people from uh, US and Europe in general also get a lot of grief for that as well. Mm. So it's mm. still this thing that I don't know why it is such... So it is so embedded in the collect collective culture of like humanity in general. Um, no, I've, this is just my theory on this. I think that motherhood should be a time in a woman's life when she's supported, when she's, you know, enjoying having time with, with her baby and, and her family. But I still do think for many people, a woman being uh, pregnant and a woman raising a child, they see it as a way of keeping her in her place. Not as something that's meant to be a joyous occasion, um, a time when, like I said, she's very supported. She's in her place because she has a child. And I think that is very much still embedded in the back of people's minds, whether they want to admit it or not. Because for the life of me, I, I, I cannot understand why you would get so riled up that I don't want to have a child. Yeah, but it happens more often than not, doesn't it? Yeah. And I mean, and speaking of that, I know, I mean, you said that your mom, you've spoken about this with your mom and she's, she's been like, sort of in a way, things sort of has told you that you're going to change your mind. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, um, you know, how about your siblings or maybe your close friends? How have those conversations been with them? Um, most of my friends, most of them are very kind of progressive minded. Um, I guess one or two of them have kind of raised an eyebrow, <laughs> but I, I can't say that any of them have uh, really ever questioned me deeply on it. I could count maybe one or two people that maybe had a little bit of something to say, but again, they also come from um, cultures where it's very deeply ingrained in them. Um, but I, I can't really say I've had um, <clears throat> a lot of issues discussing it with friends. Most were just kind of curious as to why. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's a good, the, the good kind of curious, the, the I want oh. to learn why, where this is coming from, I know that's so interesting, then I think that those conversations are actually very enriching. Mm. I think uh, we need to open up more spaces 
to normalize yeah. this conversation. It's important. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, maybe this is getting too deep into your personal life, but <laughs> I just want to ask you, how has it been? I mean, if you date, if that's something that interests you, have you found that hard or has it been like, eh, you know? You know, if I'm honest, I'd, I've never really had a relationship where it's kind of gotten to that point where we've had that conversation. Um, I am turning 30 this year. So I think going forward in my relationships, I think it will become a conversation now, um, especially when I'm getting to a part of my life where I do actually uh, want to get married. And I do want to get married, by the way. Um, mm. I think now it will become a little bit more of a conversation in, in my relationships because, first of all, um, going into my relationships, I'm very clear about the fact that I, I am ready to settle down. Um, and so the whole conversation about um, children is going to probably prop up a lot earlier than it ever would have in my in my previous um, relationships when I definitely wasn't ready to settle down or definitely wasn't thinking about um, um, marriage or, or settling down. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it will. Um, it's funny because I remember, I mean, most of my friends got married in their 20s and started having babies in their 20s. And I remember when I was in my 20s, I just partied the whole decade. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I was traveling, I was partying, I wasn't really paying attention to like, you know, that find yourself a suitable husband and settle down. That wasn't what I was interested in, but I always thought that I would start thinking about it in my 30s, you know, and it is, I think, in your 30s when you start meeting people that want to like go on that path of, you know, yeah. let's settle down and get a house and, you know, have babies, so... It is going to be a new challenge for you. Yeah, yeah. I think find, finding someone that um, wants to get married but doesn't want to have kids. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll update you on how that's going. <laughs> but you know what? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. There are, there are a lot of suitable people out there that um, are also on the same page as we are. I think, I mean, there are literally millions of us around the world of yeah. childhood people. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm sure... It's, you're going to find somebody that, you know, they're going to be okay with the whole kid thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anne, it's been such a pleasure to have you here today. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else would you like that you would, oh. <laughs> before I let you go, is there anything else that you would like to add to our interview? Just to any women out there who are scared to hit the road solo, um, don't be afraid. Um, the world is waiting for you. You don't have to wait for anyone to hold your hand. Just, just go. You'll have the time of your life. And um, book the ticket, girl. Book the ticket. I love that. Uh, I completely agree with Anne. And of course, I'm going to leave you, Firecrackers, the links below this episode where you can find Anne's book and also her social media handles if you want to follow her as well and see what she's up to on her travels. Um, and seriously if you haven't done it yet solo traveling is something that is life-changing I think for most people so get your bags packed and hopefully corona will be <laughs> over soon so we can enjoy the world again just pack your bag pack your suitcase and have it by the door exactly <laughs> thank you Anne, again for being here it's been a pleasure thank you for having me on thank you for listening to the honest uproar a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories. 
and where we discuss important topics for the Cape Fear community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.